filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Okay, now we can officially start the show. Okay. Because for those of you watching us on Facebook Live, uh, Filibuster Freestyle, filibusterfreestyle.com, those of you watching live, you can see the man next to me, Andrew Patterson, live from his den, his dojo in Walpole, Mass. How are you? Yeah, the Patterson den. Not quite as intimidating as the bear den, but... um, A den nonetheless. A den nonetheless. And so the reason I say if you can do that, you can see us because it's on video, but you didn't hear the theme song. But the folks who are listening to our SoundCloud feed or on philosopherfreestyle.com, and oh, by the way, I'm going to keep going on this feed, right. but we're having some issues with our, our connection on the video. That's okay, because I have to wipe a little boogie. Well, there so you go. Well, the we good news is it comes the... back in even better. Yeah. But uh, so much for, for, you know, this is the best part is... Uh, Winners and Losers of 2017 mm-hmm. is one of the themes. And right now, here in 2017, the loser is the video feed. Internet, internet, internet connectivity yeah. in the Patterson den. Absolutely. Loser of 2017. No, it could be a winner in 2018. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that being said, we're going to persevere. We know the audio is going to work. And we got that going for us. So, um, not only are we going to do Winners and Losers of 2017, we're going to do uh, maybe some bold predictions, hot takes for Winners and Losers of 2018. Okay. And so, I have some of those things with you. Um, I would like to acknowledge for the listening audience that yeah. I am, as as we say, in the industry, an industry that neither of us officially belong to, but we still call the industry. Yes. I'm coming in blind on this. That's fair. I have... Um, You've not had any pre-warning other than what I just told It's about winners and losers. Yeah. I, I literally told our, our guys listening, the filibuster freestyle listeners, I told them, hey... I told them winners and losers predictions 2018. Yeah, I literally told you the same thing. Then I drove over to your house. Yeah, and now we're doing. This. Well, I mean, you didn't even tell me predictions for 2018 until we'd already started the podcast. That was the first I had heard of right. predictions. For so this 2018. can't go wrong. But you yeah. did mention the fans around the fans who listen to the show, and I just wanted to give a little bit of props to some of the places listening, real quick. Okay, and also give me some time to maybe reboot uh, our opportunity to do live video here. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, really big week for the city of Bagong Calzada in the Philippines. Wow. Crushing it in the number one city in the world this week. Really? Listening. They beat Ashburn, Virginia. They beat Wumpel, Mass. This is usually my parents listening. They beat all these places. I don't know who lives in uh, Bagong Calzada, Philippines. We do have Filipino folks who listen from time to time, but they never won. The city has never won. Now, collectively, the United States still had the most listens this week. But yeah, a, 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 you boiled a, it down to a single city. Now, I am not a worldly man, Gavin. This is true. Not but in a bad way. You're just not. I can't imagine that's how that is pronounced. You don't think Bagong Calzada is how it's pronounced? Bagong. Bagong Calzada. It's okay. It's, I don't know. Well, anyway, number two is Mountain View, California, which is right outside of uh, San Francisco. Yeah. They listen a lot. We appreciate that. Los Angeles, number three. Uh, Ashburn, Virginia wasn't the top five, but I mean, Ashburn, Virginia still hanging, still tough, hanging huh? tough. But Ashburn, our mystery, got, our mystery listener, we still don't know who they are. We just know we love them very much. Anyway, Dubai of the United Arab Emirates also cracked the top five for the first time. Uh, first time places listening, the, the nation of Lao or Laos. Wow. Some say Laos, but I think it's Lao. Is uh, it really Lao? I believe so. The S is silent. I believe it's a silent S, which is really really tricky. I've never heard uh, of the silent house before. Yeah, Vietnam, Luxembourg. We had over 27 uh, countries listening this past week. Really cool. Thanks to everybody. Yeah. Do us a favor. iTunes, right? 
Review yep. review us on iTunes, hopefully positively. If you don't, well, yeah, if you have the positively. time to do a review, yeah, then make it positive. If you don't have the time, if you're thinking about, do I really have the time to do it? Then don't, don't elect to do it if it's going to be negative. Um, but tell your friends either way. Okay, this this stinks to go into winners and losers without the video. So I'm going to try to get it going because I'm wearing a t-shirt. Yes, audio folks can't listen. That my mother gave me for Christmas the other day. That says "Dilly Dilly." Yeah. And I would say, without question, the winning of, – of the winners this year in 2017, not only Bud Light, but Game of Thrones are two of the absolute winners. Now, I know that you don't watch Game of Thrones. And I don't drink Bud Light. And you don't drink Bud Light, and nor do you drink as much as you used to, which yeah. means you know, for you, you probably don't agree. But the Dilly Dilly advertisement literally marries – uh, both Bud, I'm sorry, Bud Light, because it's the company doing it. Right. But then a Game of Thrones motif, where people are coming to the king, uh, the, the king of the Bud Light commercial, and they're giving him tributes of Bud Light, and he's saying, "You're a bigger fan of the crown, dilly dilly." Okay. And we're at a point now with dilly dilly where you know it's clearly an homage to not only uh, Game of Thrones, but to the culture of the the American domestic light beer. Stream of like uh, filling the, the conscious space, feeling the pop culture world. So like Bud Light is back because in this fractured era of like nobody's watching the same thing anymore. Yeah. Even my mother is walking around saying Dilly Dilly, dilly, dilly. buying me Dilly Dilly t-shirts. And of course we just lost it again on the, on the video feed, but I made my point. You so like your finish that and post it um, on the Facebook page. But my mom cornered you, or not even cornered you, but at my birthday party, my mother talked to you about Dilly Dilly, which she had only learned about 12 about 20 yeah. hours earlier and i was and i'll be honest um i don't remember much but i was treated to about a 10 minute treatise on her views and philosophies and ideas on dilly dilly which she is a big fan of right and so my point is uh and i know i know the date of thanksgiving this year because it happened to have been my birthday so on november 23rd my mother was not aware of dilly dilly yeah. Uh, and then on November 24th, day of my birthday party, she was giving you a thesis for 10 minutes on why she likes Dilly Dilly. Yeah. And my point is, if you can make something that easy to grasp, get that many people to say it, Ben Roethlisberger was using that as like a, you know, Peyton Manning does Omaha. Oh, right. For one of the games, Ben Roethlisberger was going, Dilly Dilly. Was like, he? Good so, for him. so my point is, we can get into Game of Thrones or not, but for Bud Light to make a catchphrase that is, is worthy of like an early – to mid '90s, when we only had Xbox. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, yeah. This was like their first yeah. foray in the post kind of millennial world of what's up. Yeah, it was dilly dilly. So, so and what's interesting too about it is how much harder it probably is for advertisers to get that now because yeah, you okay. skip. How, how many commercials do you even watch anymore? I watch whatever's on on a sport. Yeah, right. And then even then, half-heartedly. Exactly. And so the point is. We're at a point where they struck goals. And so I yep. got to give Bud Light and the Dilly Dilly catchphrase a huge win in 2017. Yeah. Long way to get there, but that's exactly what So in the advertisers category, yeah. Dilly Dilly. I think Dilly Dilly wins the world. I don't know what kind of like um, the Oscars, the Emmys, or whatever the, the trade, I'm sure there is one. Whatever the trade awards are for coming up with catchphrases, <laughs> Dilly Dilly's got to be the leader <laughs> in the clubhouse. Um, Game of Thrones, I thought, we hit, I thought we hit peak Game of Thrones this year. So for instance – Okay. And you don't watch it, so I won't belabor the point. But this was the year that everybody really watched the heck out of it. And then it's going to be probably gone all of next year. Yeah, it doesn't come back till 2019. Right. And so they can't possibly win 2018. But I actually think because the series is going to end 
in 2019, and half the people at least are not going to like how it ends because George R. R. Martin didn't write. Like we're way beyond. He the didn't books. end it, right? Okay. So whatever they make up, at least half the people are going to hate it, which means I feel the impending backlash on yeah. Game of Thrones coming. I think 2017 was peak Game it of has Thrones peaked. year. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not. You, I'm listening. Yeah. Go not on. to yeah. not to belabor the point for my buddy, my trusted colleague here, Andrew Patterson, who does not watch the show, but. For those who's been following it for seven years, you've got Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen meeting them, um, not quite figuring out yet that they are related, and then of course in great Game of Thrones fashion, consummating their new relationship, uh, which we covered on Wine While on Dragons with our buddy Dan O'Brien. But I think we've hit peak Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, and in some ways for right now, and maybe we'll come back to this because you do watch HBO, I think we hit peak HBO in 2017. And I think HBO now realizes that they're probably going to be a loser in 2018 because they don't have any Game of Thrones to bank on. And they really got to hope that Westworld or something else can pick up some of the pieces left by a non-Game of Thrones void. So HBO dominated a certain market for a long time because they had commercial-free yes. television. And yes. so you could give your writers license freedom. to write that show and structure it however they want. Yeah. You know? Um, build it however they want. It's one of the, and, and now you have Netflix, you have Amazon, you have Hulu. Yeah. You have all these other big swingers in yeah. there yep. that, that have come in. And, and they're all kind of doing the same thing that HBO is doing, which is they, they don't have to c- cater to uh, commercial advertising. Right. And they have subscribers. Yeah. And so therefore, um, unless the subscribers all revolt and say, oh, I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to say adult content like in an erotic way. I mean more of like a, uh, you know, you can't say certain things on CBS that you can say on HBO. Yeah. Just vocally, you know, language-wise, content of the, the show-wise. I'm not getting into... Well, even beyond that, try watching if you, um, for example, The Americans. Sure. I've never watched it on yeah. FX. FX. FX, okay. Great show. I've been catching up with it on Amazon. But when you watch The Americans, even streaming commercial-free, every, what, 10 to 12 minutes... There's a climax. Yes. Because they're building into a commercial that then yes. they're going to sustain you for the commercial to come back from. Right, right. And mm-hmm. HBO never had to do that. You never had to structure your writing in a way that you were building in climaxes every 12, 10 to 12 minutes. Right, right. And it kind of saved you from doing that. And that, I think, was why HBO constantly had the best. It's not H- It's not television, it's HBO. Right. And now it's all HBO. Now, right. <laughs> Netflix is HBO. Hulu yes. is HBO. Amazon Prime Whatever fire. Is so you're it, getting yeah. these writers that would probably go in these shows that would could really only yeah. go to HBO before because they they didn't want to structurally change all of just even the the writing flow. Yeah, yeah. that has to be. Well, what you say? I didn't have this plan, but I, I would say the, the the viewers, but also television writers and content creators, I would say are winners in 2017 because I think we're only beginning to scratch the proliferation surface of all these pay for you know whether all all the companies we just named. Yeah. Well, and I. It goes to, I think, television has been kicking movies' ass for a few years now yeah, at this two, point. Yeah, three years. And this was, this year was easily uh, the biggest blowout. of, of yeah. say, say television's won the last five years. This is the year when it wasn't even close. I have literally not gone to any movies in the theater since last January when I saw Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah. And if I get to another movie in 2017, which is only six days left in it, yeah. it will be Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> So if it wasn't for two Star Wars vehicles being released in 2017, this would be the first year that yours truly never never went to, went to a movie. Yeah, and I love movies. Yeah, but my anyway. So 
So I think I think the winners are you know the 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 the, 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 the people who want choices of good television, good writing. People who yeah. want to get into show business as a writer. You've never had uh, these kinds of more options. of an opportunity. Absolutely, right. absolutely. All right, let's get into some losers. So I mentioned Bud Light's a winner at least in terms of the advertising campaign. By the way, the sounds you're hearing are of our third person yeah. in the booth, Ella the dog. And that is Ella getting her ESPN here Sports ESPN Sports to update. Right. Yeah. Speaking of winners of 2017, uh, the dog who, again, the video is not here, but if it were, just occasionally you keep seeing a dog head pop up from underneath a table. Yeah. That's onto a, as, as either person's lap and an getting a head scratch. This would be an internet meme if, if the video yeah. had really cooperated. Um, but you, we did hear this. I wasn't going to go in this order, but we just heard the Sports Center alert. I mean, ESPN, a clear loser. In 2017, they had to lay off multiple employees. Yeah, their CEO, their president, John Skipper, just stepped down in a disgrace. week after saying that he was in it for the long haul. Yeah, um, you know, tough, very tough for for ESPN. And I as one more that I had I had on here. That's uh, where it's oh yeah, yeah, in the NFL, also a very tough tough year. And 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 you go back to HBO for a second, not to the same level, but established front runners. Who were a little bit behind their peak, so post-peak frontrunners and in industries got dismantled. In coasters, coasters, right. people right. who are coasting off their past success. Right. So the ESPN NFL, didn't change its model; yes. hasn't hasn't touched its model in a long time. Um, I, I do not. I mean, some people will want to turn this into a political thing. I don't think either is a political thing. Uh, the NFL, I, I think a lot of it has to do with people's uncomfort with the level of trauma you're subjecting these guys to and yes. injuries yeah. you're subjecting yeah, these guys to. Yeah, I think more of it. Um, than kneeling for the national anthem. Uh, ESPN, I noticed that some of my more right-leaning friends complain about the politics of ESPN. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't see I it. Don't I don't see watch any much. ESPN, which seems really weird because my politics would probably lie towards what my conservative-leaning friends say ESPN's politics are. But I can't stomach an ESPN show that's not a sporting event. Yeah, sure. By the way, what's really interesting here, and I wish the video had worked better, is uh, typically when I talk to Andrew on the show, he's in this very room and he's walking around all the time. And he's actually now – Left the table twice because I think he's so used to walking around during the show. It's fantastic. Now, example of um, another loser, unfortunately. Uh, Puerto Rico is a huge loser in 2017. <laughs> yes. not, not Puerto Rico's fault. No. Uh, yeah. But the, common, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico was decimated and so little has been done about it. Now, here's a hot take. They should get the option of being able to pick a new country of which they are a territory of because America couldn't have done a worse yeah. job. Right, Ella? Ella, right. Is so Ella, angry. Ella is still worked up about America. She's worked the up American about government could not have done a worse job of propping up the Puerto Rican people who are American citizens than they did, especially when compared to the ones that struck the mainland yeah. in both Florida and Texas. Uh, or better yet, if, they don't, if, if Puerto Rico doesn't get to pick – um, a new country to be a part of. They should get to Yankee Swap since we're in the holiday season. Aid packages with either Houston or the Gulf Coast of Florida. So remember yeah. how, like, if you get the first number, then you can go and steal somebody else's president if it's better than like yeah. our cheesy one that you right, got. Right. Uh, Puerto Rico, nasty Christmas or whatever. Yeah, Puerto right. Rico should get the Yankee Swap ticket number one and be able to take Houston's aid because. Yeah. Uh, they got screwed over a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. And if you are not 100% sure on what's going on in Puerto Rico, uh, it could probably be one of the most infuriating things you could do with your time is to read exactly oh, 
and why it's being covered so little is kind of oh chew toys chew toys are winners in 2017 (laughs) (laughs) this is the first uh, but anyway, so, and by the way, that's Gavin. That's not yeah, even the I'm, dog. Yep. Gavin is going to town on a chew toy right, right now. That's right. I love chew Turns toys. Turns out he likes the squeaking. Fun fact: uh, Yankee swaps are called white elephant gift exchanges in North Carolina. I've heard the white term white elephant before. And then Philadelphia, of course, because they always have to call something something that nobody else calls it. It's yeah. called a Pollyanna. A Pollyanna. I did Pollyanna. not know that. Yeah. I've heard nasty Christmas too. What do you think about um, uh, Lavar Ball as a winner of 2017? Is that the dad? Yeah, it's the father of LeVar, LeVar Ball. Or LeVar, um, whatever his name is. LeVar Ball's the dad. LeVar Ball's the dad. Yeah, I mean, out of all of the balls, I mean, here's a is guy, LeVar the most winning? I, I well, he, how's Alonzo doing? He's doing fine. Yeah. Some nights he's good, some nights he's not. He's a rookie. That's right. pretty self-explanatory. He's not on a great team. Right. Uh, they're getting better. But what I would say is LeVar Ball, no one even knew who he was this time last year. Yeah, and now he's being trolled by the ultimate troll, Donald the Trump, president of the United States. Uh, he's gotten a ton of free advertising and publicity for his company. Now, big baller, right? Big baller brand, right? And you're not a basketball fan, no. So for you to know about big baller brand is pretty impressive. It means what he did worked, and he did it on the backs of social media uh, appearances on ESPN or, or, or Fox Sports or whatever, and his uh, children, his children, yeah. Mo- most important, right? So. What I do want to go on my, my biggest prediction, though, is I think he's one of the biggest winners in terms of bursting onto the scene. But I think uh, 2018 will not be kind to him. No, I mean, it's so already starting to go. Angelo is pulled from UCLA. Pulled from right? UCLA. Not the, the, play the, younger, the younger brother, who's actually potentially the best prospect, is now also out of high school, and now they're both going to play professionally in Lithuania for a couple of years. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, which is a hell of an idea. I could see Leangelo having to do it because he's, he's not he's wasn't a, that good of a, a player a anyway, yeah. and he got kicked out of school. Yeah, basically, or you know, he was gonna. Oh, he so could, he's not as good as Lonzo. Lonzo, and then the little brother are the the top. Oh, prospects. the little brother is Leangelo. Lamelo is the middle one. Lamelo is the one who's like a decent Division One college prospect. Okay. Lonzo obviously is a second pick in the draft. Right. And then apparently Leangelo, if he develops, he'll be great. But anyway. I just think Lonzo, big year for him in, in a good way. Sorry, not Lonzo. Him too, but LeVar. I think LeVar will have an equally horrific yeah. year coming around. Because we love to dismantle coasting frontrunners, and he will be a coasting frontrunner in some way, shape, or form in 2018. So, good news, though, if you are uh, LeVar Burton. Yes, because in 2017, a for, for a many years... Of reading Rainbow fame. You and were the course, number one LeVar. Yes. You named famous LeVar, LeVar Burton... Yep. Came right off. Star Trek T Space Nine. Right. Now LeVar Ball comes in, steals your thunder a little bit. Yep. But LeVar Burton, still there. Still, still riding the train. Still listen, number two. Still Filibuster fa- Freestyle's favorite LeVar. You know what? Always has been. We yeah. never wavered on that. We never wavered on that. Here's a here's some losers for you. And I mean this not only in the context of the year, but also in life. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey. Dozens and dozens of other powerful people in entertainment, sports, and business. Just recently, NFL owner Jerry Richardson has been added yep. to that list. There are so many I'm not going to name. Those dudes all lost. Yeah. Uh, for good reason. Yes, as they should have. And but they won longer than they should ever have been able to win. Yes, but here's what here's what I, I want to ask you. This clearly goes much deeper than the guys who've already been outed as being scumbags. Like, there's a lot more scumbags yeah, yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. From a media standpoint. Does this keep going? Who's going down next? I feel like this could absolutely destroy Washington. 
as we know it, if, 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 if our public consciousness is deep enough. So, for instance, you know, when Rose McGowan says it and she's a platform, that's great. But when, like, Susan Q. Public says it, yeah. you know, who, no one cares as much, especially when the story has been told for the 9,000th time. So do we keep going down this wormhole and taking down strong people? Um, you know what? You have to hope for it if that's – I mean even just from – and you know, I hold my politics dearly, but we've politicized everything in yeah. this country now. Everything turns into a political thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. Even when the Harvey Weinstein first allegations first yeah, came out. Yeah, people tried to make it political. People tried to make he's it – He's a donor. Oh, the liberals, Who cares? Yeah, the liberals. He's a scumbag. Right. He's a dirtbag. Um and so I think the more people we take down with it, regardless of their political ideology, and the more people can get behind it and say, yeah, yeah, this guy deserves to go down, the better that is for society, obviously, but also for people who want to sit down and like, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's remarkable to me that sexually harassing women can be turned into a politically exercise, political exercise. Yeah. But we as an American people have yeah, found a way managed to do it. Right. Collectively, we found a way. Now I'm just yeah. hoping that it becomes a big enough story. Seems like this. If somebody who you didn't think, like, let's say, okay, for instance, there were rumors about Harvey Weinstein for years yeah. and suddenly many somebody's finally came out against him and, and that's a great thing for many to give them courage in their areas of life where yes. they might not be as powerful but neither is the person they're accusing. But what's been interesting is a lot of these holier than now folks, especially politicians, who should never it should never amaze any of us when the holier than now politician is actually a dirtbag. Right. Couldn't be a bigger smokescreen for I'm a dirtbag in my real life than I'm holier than now on television. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Literally not a red herring. Literally yeah. the yin to their yang. My public face is that I'm Mr. Virtuous, which means I must be like murdering insects with magnifying glass since yeah. I was six years old. And now I'm, you know, literally what? Kevin Spacey's character, Frank Underwood from House of Cards as a Washingtonian elite insider. And with few exceptions. And by more- I'm, I don't mean me. Yeah. <laughs> that was a way I'd sneak it in. I did chew a tooth, Joy. <laughs> I did not do any of those things to Frank Underwood. Um, oh, wow. I lost my train of thought where I was going to go with uh, what was I saying? Well, we were talking about uh, Holy Oh, Oh, yeah. So anytime someone goes like has one thing dear to them that they are holier than thou on, chances are they are the absolute opposite. Doing it. In yes. in secret, right. I, I would say the one exception to that might be abortion. Okay, which correct. And again, there's very probably not too many. I mean, there's probably you know, right? People who are secretly right, but at the same time, I'm really waiting into hot water. Here. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna we're just gonna just yeah. Yeah, call call that a, yeah. a a podcast to be discussed later. Maybe not even by us. I'm sure right. someone's podcast will tackle that. Right. But you are right. I, I do see a lot of folks who. Also wading into into the deep end, but not maybe quite as incendiary. A lot of people will use the Bible uh, to denounce um, same-sex marriages. Yeah. And it comes out, not all the time, but more often than not, that those really hard crusaders of those things actually usually have a same-sex like mistress or mister you know, on the right. side. Like, to your point, they are... They are basically saying, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible, don't watch, this is terrible. And behind the scenes, they're like, yeah, but actually it's who I am and I'm burying it. So here's a question. Uh, What's is, more tough to talk about? Well, no. Is a mister, the like, is that what you call your side piece? I don't know. I mean, mistress is such a ubiquitous term. Right. Is it a mister? Well, like, clearly, uh, 
Because, I mean, I was literally in the stream of consciousness there. Right. And I was saying a mistress, and I wanted to be equal opportunity. And well, because you said that well, men, we can be, men can be a side piece. Yeah. Men can be a gumon, yeah. I guess. But is it called Mr.? Probably not. No. But it is now. Hashtag Mistress Mr. Did you hear about who? What? He has a Mr. He's got a Mr. <laughs> well, one of, one of the, my favorite lines from all time from Friends, the show, was, uh, oh, uh, the Tom Selleck character. It was David yeah, Monica. Yeah. She's, got, she's got a Twinkie in the city. And so maybe we just call it a Twinkie, whether it's a man or a woman. Right. You got a Twinkie in the city. A That's having a Mr. And then she's like, oh, I'm a Twinkie. Okay. I like, I like Mr. I have to say. It, um, yeah. So, like, if, for instance, if, if you're a lady or a man and yep. you are carrying on with a man who is not your uh, husband or your, your life partner or your, even your known public boyfriend, no. it's your Mr. It's your Mr. And you're welcome. Yes. Happy New Year to all of you from the filibuster. Although Facebook. the people who are carrying on the affair are going to be the least likely to use that term. Yeah. This is more for the people who know someone. Who right. knows someone. That's right. So if you know someone who's carrying on with a man yeah. who would be a mistress, you can just call that their mister. Their mister. See, we got to the bottom of something here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Winner for 2018, the word mister. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> mister, mister, favorite band, LeVar Burton. We're bringing back the 80s. It yeah. makes so much sense. Couple other winners and losers from this year. Um, so I, I, I was going to talk about, um, well, I did talk about large-scale domestic beer in the form of Bud Light. Mm-hmm. I do think that micro brews are taking it a little bit on the chin right now. At least from a, people are still going to like micro brews, but I think for a long time there was this like it's super cool, super cool, super cool, and now I think folks are starting in the mainstream to poke fun at micro brews. So for instance, for years hipsters. Have been rocking, packed the ribbon, drinking yes. it, wearing it. You, I wouldn't fashion you a hipster, but you actually do align with hipsters on wearing Paps gear and drinking canned versions of old school American domestic lager, which used to be mass produced. It's it's uh, for for old time listeners of the freestyle, including our friend in Virginia, Ashburn here in Virginia. Um, what has always bugged me about hipsters is that they took everything I genuinely liked and, and liked it ironic, ironic which right. makes me question if everybody just hates me. <laughs> and they might. Right. But what I think is happening is you and the hipsters were not necessarily crusading against microbrews. No. But I'm noticing now, and I'll, I'll actually cite two examples from television commercials, right? So one I'll is, be right back. You keep, go ahead. You, I've got to do my lap. Do your lap. One is the Dilly Dilly commercial, right? So... The two people at the beginning give the king some Bud Light, and he says, you're a friend of the crown, dilly dilly. And then the third guy comes in and says, yeah, this is a honeymead wine porter I've been really into lately. And he gets sent to the pit of misery. Now, you all can say, well, of course Bud Light is going to take aim at people who buy microbrews and try to force them on their friends. Yeah. But I go to the Sling TV commercial, which has actor Danny Trejo, who was a machete. Yes. Uh, he's been in many movies as a villain. He was the hero as Machete. He's doing these uh, Sling TV commercials. But he's a, like an old-timey bartender and like a yuppie-type guy walks in and says, yeah, I'm looking for like a microbrew. No, 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 a nanobrew. And he keeps carrying on. And finally, Danny Trejo says, I made this one in my bathtub. And the guy's like, this is so gross. But he takes it. And I think the point is they're making like, why are you this picky about crummy beer? Same with cable, get Sling TV. But yeah. people are starting to make fun of microbrews and breweries now a little bit on TV, in my opinion. And there's I'd say, a saturation point. Correct. There's a saturation we've, we've, we've point. We've tipped we've to hit a point, point where advertisers feel safe to make fun of people who only drink craft brews and go to breweries. Right. And I love breweries. I love craft beer. I'm also not afraid I, to say dilly dilly and mean it. But you know. yeah, I mean, I would say the the difference on it is. 
craft brew seems to be more of a progression. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, from what beer companies were able to produce on a semi-large scale, get out there and let the public know about. Yep. You have much larger. The internet has, in one of the many things, changed games, but also just the drinking culture has has changed. It's really changed. Um, you really know? changed. Yeah. So I think I don't think you'll see that blowback back to macro beers. No, you know I don't I mean. Either. I think there's enough people around our age and certainly younger that. And, and not, late, late not being snobby, not score. being snobby that just drink micro brews. Yeah. Because they don't drink like they used to when they were younger. Right. Um, so you're drinking a beer or two in a sitting and therefore, you know, you're, you don't mind paying a little extra. Right. Slash having to be a little bit heavier because you're not planning on having six of them. Right. Before you exactly. head out. In fact, exactly. you're not even going to head out. You're just going to have two beers and go to sleep on your couch. Mm-hmm. And they do. Dope. They, they Hashtag dope pick. <laughs> Hashtag dope night. Hashtag, uh, what's his name? Kevin Hart's a comedian. He he tags all of his Instagram stuff with hashtag dope pick. Does he? Yeah. That's great. So I've been saying it all the time. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Let's get into some big losers though. Yeah. I mean, there's one obvious one. Go ahead. What do you got? The American people. Okay. I mean, um, even if you listen and not to go political for too long, but my, my take, take 30, 30, seconds, 30 yeah. to 45 second political rant, even if you support – the things you think Trump is doing, which yeah. he's not doing what he says he's doing, and he's not doing what you think he's doing. Right. Um, Another version of saying one thing and doing the other personified. Just right. Not just saying they're not good for the American people. They're not good for the general public at large. Um, yeah. And listen, I'm not above Schadenfreude. I get like when you enjoy a little bit of the political misery of others. Certainly, yeah. one of by the, the way, things. Great word. Fake band name of the week. Yeah. One of the things I'm looking forward to about 2018 and 2020, just because I think the way politics are going the most, Mm. is for all of the people who I am not better than, who have enjoyed schadenfreude for the past year since the election of him, um, I will really enjoy when it comes back to them. That's the biggest thing, at least unless they really, really steal the American democracy from us. I mean, it is what it is, but I can remember... You know, how, how naive I was. And I, my first election I got to vote in nationally was 2000. Yeah. I was like two weeks too young to vote in 96. Right. So I had to sit it out until I was like 22. So the, naive, the nativity I had or whatever, I didn't get it right. It's fine. Yeah, I think you said nativity. Which the nativity is, scene, which is, which is, which is thing, you know, very, you know, very seasonally. It's on the mind right now. Seasonal, you know, yeah. So, so my nativity <laughs> <laughs> led me to believe that everybody in America thought the way that we thought at Clark University, which, by the way, is an incredibly liberal school. Yeah. I mean, more liberal than I grew up as and more liberal than I am now overall. But a good place to learn how to think. So anyway, uh, George Bush won. It was a very contentious election, obviously, all that. I wasn't too into Al Gore. At the time, they actually were basically running as the same guy. Yeah, right. You know, and then George Bush just wind up getting a lot more ideological as he went. But I can remember in 04 being like, yeah, Kerry's not a great candidate. And I mean, I'm not for W, but like I'm vehemently against a lot of this war stuff at the time. So again, casting that vote. But I definitely remember that because of how much time and how much runway the Bush administration had to tick off all the middle of the road people, yeah, that there was no way – no way that John McCain was going to win, especially when he picked a lady yes. who was so conservative and so out of her league in terms of in- right. international politics. And so 
That made sense. And it made sense that a very centrist Republican and Mitt Romney, who actually, if he hadn't run away from all the good stuff he did when he was governor of Massachusetts, probably could have could have could have won yeah. in 2012. Didn't shock me that a very unlikable Hillary Clinton was going to probably win or lose a close election. Right. Now, um, but long way of saying, we've seen this happen where yeah. one side feels so damn good. Right. And then realizes that actually so many more people feel so damn good about making them feel miserable. Yes. And the good news is that this time people who feel so damn good are the trolls. Yeah. And so I do think that one of the big winners of 2018 will be either, quote unquote, establishment Republicans and or center and left leaning voters. Oh, it's going to be. Because the Tea Party and radical right is in for a really bumpy 12 months. Uh, the establishment Republicans are as well. Listen, you I have the you. leader of your party who, whether he wants to say he endorsed Luther Strange or not, because of the way he's running your party and because of the way he's running his politics, literally got you, albeit not on purpose, to nominate and run a, a known pedophile. A pedophile. Yeah. For a Senate seat. Correct. Uh and, then, and enough uh, people went along with it right. that it's really uncomfortable. And people are now self-identifying as Republicans less and less in huge numbers. That people are running away from the self-identifying Republican label. And say what you want about the blowback that, that the Democrats suffered in 2010, yeah. 2014. Yeah. They did not suffer from people not well, identifying as Democrats an, anymore. an embarrassment with the ideology. Yes. It the was actions. they just weren't motivated to get out to vote right. as and we much as the like, other you know, side. Because I could say I, I, would, I certainly would have voted you know, on the Democratic side of the ticket. Uh, people weren't motivated enough. Well, and let's look it. at Walpole, Walpole, Massachusetts here. Here we are. The they went from – just in this is a state senate election in Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, now Massachusetts, of course, take it for what it's worth. The mo- One of the most conservative – state senators, uh-huh. state reps, and I can't remember if it was state senator or state rep, to one of the most liberal. Yes, right. In Walpole, for any Massachusetts people, is a Republican stronghold as it much is. as you're going to get a Republican stronghold in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. totally. So, all right, let's go into some, I want to get into a big winner, yeah. by the way, today. Today I'm driving over here, I'm leaving Selfie. It's 26 degrees out, Fahrenheit, by the way, not warm. We got a guy in a hat and gloves, but a t-shirt and shorts going for a run. And the shorts were made of denim and they had the American flag on them. To that gentleman, you are a winner in 2017. I don't know what you were on or not on in order to do that, but God bless you, sir. Running in jorts? Running in jorts. Wow. American flag jorts in 26 degrees. But he had the good sense to wear a hat and gloves, but he was in a short sleeve t-shirt and American flag jorts. Now, the best part of this is I ran also this morning a yeah. selfie about an hour and a half earlier than this guy. I wore a stocking hat. I wore gloves. I wore three pullovers. I wore two pairs of sweatpants, two pairs of socks, and I was freezing my you-know-everything-what's-offs. Yeah. And this dude decided to not only clown me by wearing shorts, but to clown all you communists right. out there by wearing American flag shorts. Good for him. Merry Christmas. Good for him. Happy Boxing Day. Yeah. You're a winner, sir. Now, the losers are gender reveal parties. Mm-hmm. Guys, 
Yeah. What are you doing? Okay, number one, we have we have the technology to know what your, the gender your baby is going to be. We have for yep. quite a long time now. If you want to find out what your baby is, good for you, awesome. If you know the answer, tell us. Mm-hmm. Don't do and you, you go on these, these these ones are yours, Andrew. So you go on these people. Listen, if you are having a child and you tell me you're having a child, I will tell you how much I will think about you having a child over the course of the next nine months. Not at all. Maybe four times if you invite me to like uh, a birthday party. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably forget that you're pregnant until I see you again. Yeah. Um, Every time I see you, every time I see you or your wife, depending on if you're pregnant or not pregnant, I will think about you having a baby. Yeah. That's it. The amount of time outside of your presence, I'll think about you having a baby, zero, zero time. Not a lot. Zero amount of time. Not a lot of time. Um, And the amount of, uh, like, I hope that anybody I care about has children who are healthy and happy. No question. That's it. Ten fingers, ten toes. Do I care if your happy, healthy child is a boy? No. Do I care if your happy, healthy child is a girl? No. I don't. Care and I'm about. not going to – I don't care about you cutting into a piece of cake or blowing up a balloon. Or hitting a pinata or, or jumping pinata, on an airplane. But here's the other anything. thing. So many of these – Or trying to one-up all the other gender reveal Right. And people. so many of these gender – first of all, it's not a big deal when you tell us. Right. It's definitely not a big deal when you make a big deal out of it to tell us. Now, the only people – well, see, then there's people who don't find out. Here's the gender reveal party I want to go to. Go to, I just please. thought of. Yeah, yeah, go okay, ahead. right? I don't want pink or blue. Okay? No. Here's what I want. I want you to find out what gender your baby is. Yep. Have it in an envelope. Seal the envelope. Yep. Give that envelope to a baker. I want that baker to make a cake, but the cake is in the shape of the genitalia <laughs> of Whoa. the baby you are having. Just know you're going to, going to go that so way. So open up the box. There we go. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm... That's the gender reveal party I'll go to. Other than that, <laughs> don't send sounds me an like, invite. Sounds like your gender reveal party is going to be on HBO. <laughs> uh, uh, also, don't tell your wife that's what you're doing. True. Because you're not, you're not going to get approval on that. No, no. No you're wife not. will ever approve you're of that. You're not going to get approval I want to see... So that would, be the, that would be the second bonus is yeah, to watch the wife's I'm, face. I'm just she, not into gender reveal parties. No. It's either going to be a boy or a girl. Yep. You got a 50-50 chance. Or, or in some rare instances, it's going to be both. Yep. And you know what? Here's one, and not to make light of that situation of when that happens. If and when you find out that you're going to have both, and yep. I don't mean twins. I mean one child that happens to have both sets of the cakes you just mentioned. I'll go to that party. <laughs> Because that's a rare occurrence. Well, especially if you don't know. Especially if you're the doctor who has like purposely not told them what they're having. And you know what I mean? Like if you were a doctor who hates gender reveal parties and you get the opportunity to do this, <laughs> do it. And be like, no, no, no. I'll make all the arrangements. I insist. <laughs> and then, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I do think our good friend, you know, friend of the show, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, there's rumors that she actually falls into that category. Um, have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, no disrespect to to that happening, by the way. I did hear that. I have heard that. There's no way that's true. That can't be true, can it? I have no idea. Let's get to the big finish. Yes. Possible losers in 2018. I already touched on the Tea Party and the Radical Right. But let's talk about a a winner in 2018 that I hope doesn't peak too early. Yes. It's the emerging Joe Biden mania. People – 
are already starting to talk about a Joe Biden for 2020 run. I think it's going to have incredible steam in 2018. The problem is he couldn't possibly be elected president until November of 2020. So my big fear is that the winner of Joe Biden mania in 2018 is not going to have enough steam to matter in 2020. So here's the other problem with Joe Biden. If this whole – and I hate to boil it down to like a hashtag Me Too movement takes off. Sure. Um, oh, P.S. Winners of 2017, Rose McGowan and the Me Too movement. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Got to get that in there. I Good love work. Joe Biden. Big fan of Joe Biden. Sure. There. Do you I mean – do you think there's something with Joe Biden? Just like just through who he is, uh, like more in the Al Franken mold, mm. not in the Roy Moore mold, so not or super, not even in the Donald Trump mold. Not super creepy, but inappropriate because he's been around a long time and, and because he's Joe away, Biden. People yeah. used to get away with stuff they don't get, can't get right, away. and it's just like it could be. Well, that's what I mean. I don't know that this what I believe is a building. I don't think we're in Joe Biden mania yet. Right. But I've just I, this this week alone, I've heard on like three different podcasts a lot of talk about a guy who, you know, he's not Bernie Sanders, who's obviously you know mm-hmm. his agenda is so far left that it'd be very tough to get elected in this country in a, in a popular vote or you get a nomination even against an unpopular candidate like Hillary. So now, like, who's the one we all know who appeals to like Joe Lunchpail, but also is not a complete hater? Mm-hmm. Well, that's Joe Biden. You know, yeah. So to me, I think we're going to get Joe Biden mania. I just think we're going to be a year and a half too early. And I, I don't know that it has the staying power. I think it's going to be a woman. I mean, I think it's going to be a woman. Well, I think in 2020 it is. Yeah. But I'm saying you, in right. 2018, in I feel like Joe Biden mania is somehow picking up steam in a non-national election year. I mean, we're doing midterms in 2018. Right. But And I think uh, – but I think you're going to see this resurgence of Joe Biden. I just think it's – one, it's going to peak early and two – I agree with you that it might not be the right horse to bet, especially this early. Right. Um, onesie pajamas for Christmas, especially. Uh, I think that ship is going to sail. I think it is tipped in a bad way. The yeah. cast of Premier League Live on NBC was wearing them today. They all mentioned they had to take them off at halftime because they were getting rashes. <laughs> Um, but the amount of matching onesie pajama photos on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat is off the charts right now, especially during the holidays. I'm just saying, filibuster freestyle prognostication, the backlash is coming. Yeah. My brother just did one with his wife and baby. See? And your brother's not exactly, I would imagine, a trend-setting guy. No. I... So he's on the back wave of the, hey, it's us in our onesie pajamas for Christmas routine, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think not in a bad way, but right? He's just, but he's in. So now I feel he's like in. the next thing people do to be done at Christmas is coming down the pipe. Yeah. And I think next year we'll know what it is. I so. think you know – yeah, I mean it depends on how things change. You know, like look at ugly sweaters. Ugly sweaters were huge for a few yeah, years. They I think they've, they've faded. Now onesie pajamas will fade. And I am not a trendsetter either. What the next wave will be. Who's to say? Who's I'm, to I'm say? not here to say what it will be. I'm just saying that a loser of 2018, I think, will be matching onesie pajama photos. And you know, well, in some ways, you could say they're a loser of 2017. <laughs> well, people wearing them might be. Oh, we're kidding. We love you guys. Philbusterbreeze.com. <laughs> here, but here it is. Here's the winner, unquestioned winner, I think, of 2018. As long as he stays healthy, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh yeah. And the San Francisco 49ers as an organization. If this guy stays healthy. 
Mm-hmm. They can sign him to an extension or to, you know, to a new contract. As long as he's healthy and he avoids the uh, Johnny Manziel pitfalls of fame, which I think he's prepared to do. I think he is too. They are going to make the playoffs in 2018, and they're likely going to make the playoffs in the next seven to ten years almost every year if not every year. He is good. Jimmy Garoppolo, former Patriots backup, lighting it up for a team that was 1-10 when he started playing. They're now 5-10. They're probably going to go 6-10. He's just going to run out of games to play. Mm-hmm. If he wins again, he will have never lost a game in two years as a starter. Obviously, he's only seven games. Yeah. But it's two franchises. He picked up in San Francisco midstream. Patriots had him until like week 10. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners are going to be dining out on this trade. For the next 10 They years. are feasting. And you know who else ironically makes out on this trade based on rumor reports? Is Belichick, whose stories are wanted to keep Jimmy G. Mm. And he was ready to move on from Tom Brady. And a certain uh, Bob Kraft said, no. Really? Yes, that is the rumor mill up here that it was... A ownership decision. An ownership decision to move on. Wow. So, uh... And again, one, Tom Brady... Still playing at a very high level. Yes. Two, does everything humanly possible to stay playing at a high level well below his age that he actually is. Yeah, but, you know, I think that's overblown because you know who's the same age as Tom Brady? Drew Brees. Good point. And Drew Brees does not do no all of that. No one says crap about Drew Brees. Nobody says crap about And Drew Brees is just still playing at a very high level of football. True. Now, he has, doesn't win as much. He does not. But organizationally, I would say the Patriots are a stronger organization top to bottom. Uh, too. 100%. Drew but, Brees, absolutely. And honestly, three of the four Pro Bowl quarterbacks that were picked, yeah. I just remember this from the ticker last night, Brady in his 40s, Brees almost in his 40s, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger been around a long time, late mm-hmm. 30s. And Philip Rivers, late 30s. Yeah. So four of the six named Pro Bowl quarterbacks. No Wentz, huh? Wentz might have been on there. I'm just saying, okay. of the guys I remember seeing, most of them are guys I, I've had on my fantasy team for the better part of yeah. the last decade plus. Right. So, but, but my point is, Jimmy G, whew, man, is he going to light it up. And you know what? Good. No, good, good for him and good for the rest of the NFL. Can you imagine if the Patriots had just gone from one – Franchise quarterback to another. quarterback to another. It oh. would have been. Um, so here's what I would say, though. Here's what I'm holding out hope for. Um, obviously, I mean, Patriots are already going to be a one or a two seed for the for the playoff this year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they can go to the Super Bowl. Clearly, hopefully, they can win another Super Bowl. Yeah. Can we just jettison? Can Brady go off in the sunset then? And can Belichick make Belichick make an impassioned plea to Jimmy G? Hey, sign here. There's no way San Francisco lets him at the open market. They can't. But the thing is, his contract is up. No, I don't get that. They franchise him. He's never been franchised. They franchise him. There's no way they wouldn't. If they can't come to an agreement, there's no way that man hits the open market. But if he's an unrestricted free agent, they can't just franchise him. Yeah, I'm but not you sure can what franchise. I think you have a certain amount of times you can franchise someone or, or along and those lines. On or a position roster, and they're on and your you roster. Their, okay. He is available for the franchise tag. He's going to get it. If, if he's not if signed. If he's not signed long-term. Yes, he's well, going to make $25 million next year. Well, God bless him. Yeah. Anyway, I... Here's the worst part is, uh, so we belong to this very, very, I'm not even going to say the name out loud, but a very small, close chat room on Facebook about football fans. Yes. And the biggest jackass troll year. of last year, yeah. who's been incredibly quiet this year, is a huge 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. Of course, now he's going to get to enjoy Jimmy G yeah. for the next 10 years. Yeah. And that guy, I don't even know him. He's like a friend of a friend. I think yeah. he's actually an enemy of a friend. I think our buddy JJ doesn't even like this guy. Oh, really? But anyway, he's in the chat room and he's the worst. 
The chat group, not a chat room. Yeah. That's creepy. I it's a Facebook not- chat page. Yes. <laughs> We've gone on way too long. It's Phil was a freestyle. Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. I hope you, many of y'all had a good Hanukkah and everything else that we do in the winter solstice time. 2018 is going to be great. Philbusterfreestyle.com. Check us out. Andrew, what did you make there? Let's go out with that. Uh, Some pimento cheese on an English muffin. It's all right. It's, it's been better. The, the, the muffin didn't toast up quite the way I wanted By the way, it ladies too. and gentlemen, during this podcast, Andrew Patterson made that delicious meal while not missing a beat. That's yeah, I missed a couple of beats. But he's also a veteran a veteran of the game. 2017 winners and losers, there you have them. 2018 predictions, don't hold us to them, but I feel pretty good about all of them. I do too. Especially Jimmy G. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys in 2018. Thanks a lot.